0: As that compassion fatigue sets in and the the reality of the exhaustion and other things, uh, unfortunately, folks have left the industry and left left those settings. So chaplains who serve in those settings uh, can come alongside virtually to have built a trust relationship with these caregiving professionals.
1: You're listening
2: to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Capital, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing.
1: Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. An exciting episode on today with some great content. We want to welcome to the program, John Mileson. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks very much, Lucas. Really glad to be with you and Josh today.
1: Well, we're excited. You know, John is the Executive Director of Senior Living Chaplains, which is a division of Marketplace Chaplains. And we're going to talk about a very important topic today, team members, their burnout, compassion fatigue, mental and emotional health. We're going to talk about the overall value of chaplain care in senior living and for the team members in these in these companies that are doing this heavy lifting day in and day out of the most important work, which is caring for our elders. John, you're on the front lines of this. Obviously, you are a passionate champion for chaplain care in senior living, why is that?
0: Well, we really are, Lucas. The, uh, the core of, of all of this is that people are valuable. And it's extraordinary what the professional caregivers in senior living do for residents, for patients, and for each other every day. And there's no time like the last two years plus during the pandemic where this has been exemplified. It, it's extraordinary to be able to walk alongside folks who are constantly pouring themselves out for the benefits a benefit of those that they're caring for uh, in senior living communities, skilled nursing facilities, rehab centers, uh, all through the United States, North America.
2: Well, John, so I'm a firm believer um, in chaplain services um, for not only the benefit of the residents and their families but for team members the past few years uh, our industry it's uh, no surprise we've gone through some rough times uh, as a country Uh, these communities that are caring for a fragile population have really stepped up to the plate but with that a lot of the things that lucas mentioned earlier the compassion fatigue that burnout in an industry that quite frankly, already struggled with some of that, not to the level we've seen over the past couple of years, but it just made things a lot worse. So, you know, tell us um, what you've observed, uh, your organization has observed, particularly in the healthcare and senior care, the aging population space, and how you think potentially that you're seeing your services and chaplain services can be used effectively to help engagement and retention of this very valuable workforce
0: well we serve great companies uh, companies like trilogy health services and bigford senior living and bethesda senior living and touchstone communities and sunset senior communities and all of this that i'll share comes from the perspective of our service uh, of those uh, companies and others and, the, and the, the focus of this is that what we see, what I see is that folks are called to serve in senior living settings. And I, and I use that term intentionally. Uh, they're put together that way. Uh, God has formed and shaped uh, the compassionate caregivers and senior living really wonderfully to serve in those settings. But when you're constantly pouring yourself out And during the the times where the senior living community skilled nursing facilities were closed to family and others, these uh, team members had to become everything to everybody under the roof. And with all of that, uh, the level of compassion fatigue and for many, burnout raised way up on shift uh, Society for Human Resource Management and uh, the Surgeon General of the United States and others have pointed to the issues that we've all been dealing with, most specifically in senior living in this setting. And so, to focus on this, this uh, compassion fatigue issue, when you have folks who are there to take care of others and they love doing it, they're called to do this more than a job, it is absolutely a calling. And in that setting, they come to a place where they're so tired and so exhausted and with understaffing issues and all of this, they begin to close up. They can't be out there fully embracing the opportunities of the resident or patient in front of them. And so as that compassion fatigue sets in and the the reality of the exhaustion and other things, uh, unfortunately, folks have left the industry and left left those settings. So chaplains who serve in those settings uh, can come alongside most often in person, but even during the times when the communities were closed virtually to have built a trust relationship with these caregiving professionals uh, to get to know them to get to know their families through that team member. And we build that trust working confidentially with each one and all. And so that unique relationship opens up a connection so that the team member and the team members have someone that they can trust with these things that are most significant in their lives and most significant in their work. And so through that, as soon as you have a connection with somebody you can trust, you can begin to have healing and healthy next steps in the mental, emotional, spiritual, relational aspect of life with a a qualified, uh, well-trained, well-experienced caring caregiving professional, which the chaplain is serving these these team members. Well, um, I
2: want to touch on and dig a little bit on something that you mentioned you you mentioned kind of the well trained aspect so these chaplains uh, and what your recommendation is and, and what you guys have been successful in is actually having someone that is serving the community that has been specifically trained for that and I think a lot of us just lay people maybe that don't fully understand how a chaplain has been prepared uniquely to help someone through not just what they're experiencing at work, but I would assume many of these conversations probably deal as much with life as much as just their specific job duties because we're all living in in difficult times and been through some difficult times. But what is a chaplain uniquely prepared to deal with that maybe the the average employer uh, and other kind of coworker is not equipped to deal with in the same way.
0: That's a great question, Josh. The, the core of it: the chaplains that we bring on board. Um, very frankly, we are also looking for those that God has been preparing to serve in a role like this. You think about someone who comes into a setting, meeting folks and with all of life's challenges and issues before them. And they they come in with all of the experience and training that they've had in their lives. So for example, we look at formal training experience, uh, the formal training uh, in a pastoral care or chaplain-like training background. Uh, We also look for 10 years or so of experience working with individuals, couples, and families with all the life stuff, uh, everything that takes place and a proven track record, carefully vetting every chaplain candidate. And then the chaplain that comes on board uh, then goes through a a training time that's led by our our Marketplace Academy. Our Academy uh, both delivers training for the initial chaplains, but also on an every month basis, there, there are training elements of uh, monthly meetings led by our executive directors of operations for the chaplains that they oversee. So there's an ongoing investment, never ending investment in both learning and growing in in this. So the combination of being put together uh, to deliver care in settings such as this, the training that takes place both in how we handle chaplain care in workplaces, but also specific training for senior living settings and going beyond that, there's specific training and mentoring uh, as we begin to serve in a new company for their vision, their values, how they go about what they do. And so that we can connect well and represent the leadership of that company very well. And so it's very different from being a pastor. I've served as a pastor as well as a business leader and as a chaplain, it's very different. Uh, That setting uh, is where work is taking place, where, uh, in this case, residents and patients are being cared for, and we get to be a part of that team of folks uh, that take care of the team members so they can be freed up to take great care of the residents and patients as well.
1: Hey, Senior Living Influencer, we have an event for you. So many of you have heard about our VIP Ignite Experience, and it is time for you to request your invite. It's going to be in Nashville, August 28th through the 30th, and you are not going to want to miss this event.
2: Join us for Dream Again. Check out vipigniteexperience.com to request your invitation. We hope to see you there. So, John, what does... um, For, you know, your average, uh, if that can even be defined, but, you you know, your average senior living, senior care community that's out there, what does a program practically look like? Is this daily chaplain interaction? Is this weekly or is it monthly? Um, Is it virtual? Is it in person? Practically speaking, what does the day in the life of an average chaplain look like engaging with a, a community
0: so Josh, as we uh, get to know the company and the community we understand uh, how many people how many team members are are in that setting the the shifts our intention is to connect well with everybody in that community or in that skilled nursing facility and so we always will select a team that best fits that setting so if the if a number of the team members have a first language other than english uh, it could be spanish Uh, It could be Vietnamese, could be Korean, uh, could be Creole, Uh, whatever it might be, we will have a matchup in the the language culture specific uh, of the team members in that setting. So in every case, male, female chaplain team who would make regular visits, again, depending on the size of the community, regular visits each week, but there may be multiple visits each week to connect with the team members, brief touches, continuing to build relationships, build on the relationship that's already there. And those are really relationship building times. Uh, They are also to take the the temperature uh, of the community and those serving in the community. But much of what we get to do takes place away from the workday. You mentioned before, uh, so much of what we help people with are the life challenges, those things that are going on at home in the midst of all the challenges of caring for the residents and patients, and so we're available twenty four seven. We uh, for marketplace chaplains, senior living chaplains, we have uh, an app. Uh, chaplains with an app, uh, and we call it our MyChap app, and it, it gives direct connection to the chaplains who serve that particular community or facility. Uh, so you know, pictures don't have to fumble for a card. Uh, direct connections by cell phone, uh, email, text, or video chat through that app, along with some other great resources delivered. But in that, any time of the day, you can connect with your chaplain. And so, so often in the busy schedules of the caregiving professionals in the community, that call is going to take place on the way home, a cell phone to cell phone call to connect. But we're invited to people's homes to help with family challenges and issues that are there, the teenage son or daughter that won't listen to mom or dad, whatever the case might be. Uh, we have, you know, we'll have coffee after work. Uh, we're there at the hospital when a baby's born, when surgery takes place, team member or family member. So this is a, a care focused relationship-based care focus that touches everybody in the family. And what we see is 50 to 60% of team members will make substantial use of the service uh, in a one-year period.
2: Well, I um, am a believer. the The company I was blessed to work with in the first nine years of my career made substantial investments into chaplain care in each of our communities. And not only was I a recipient of that benefit, um, but also I, I saw the result of having my team members have the result of that benefit. And I can remember, you know, talking a little bit about dealing with life issues very seldom did me and i remember his name uh david um and chaplain david was such a great caring man so kind to me and my family but i remember most of our conversations didn't even revolve around work uh i can remember him showing up I uh, had two children in that time and and he was one of the first ones at the hospital uh to say congratulations and and the bond that you build, and I can tell you that was always very refreshing, uh, me and my team, uh, the residents, and, and quite frankly, their families would so look forward to the calls and the visits uh, that we would get. And, and, you know, the funny thing is that relationship actually carried on long past, even when the resident would pass. I can remember, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this too but there would actually be uh, a celebration memorial that they would come back. And so all the residents that had passed, the chaplain would have known them many times, even more than the pastor that they had been going to maybe the the church or the congregation for a long time. The families and the residents would request the chaplain to do – the, the ceremonies at the passing and, the, and special ceremony events. So it was just really cool. And I, I'm sure your chaplains probably experienced that as well, but just the life bond that you get that ties people to to the culture of that community is really special.
0: Uh, that's so well said, Josh. Uh, you know, helping people with grief and helping them in the joys of life, extraordinary privilege. And the only way that that privilege takes place and that care gets delivered is when, you know, senior living company owners and operators catch this vision and invite this kind of connection. So we, we do, we officiate at many funerals. Uh, we, we officiate and lead many memorial services right on site, either in the moment, uh, just after the passing or shortly after, Uh, and even if the invitation to serve is for the team members only, we offer that memorial service for team members that may have passed, as well as residents that may have passed, because everybody in the community gets affected by the grief of that loss. These caregiving professionals who are serving those residents love those residents, and they're dealing with grief all the time, and so helping them with their grief, helping the family members of the of the one who's passed, uh, makes a tremendous difference in terms of the, the genuine care and love expressed in that community. Uh, I totally agree.
2: Well, Lucas, um, you know, I, I, really think we talk about culture change, um, in our industry a lot. And, you know, I really believe this is a key ingredient to caring for the total person, not just the resident, but your team members and, we know that you got to care for the team members first before they can ever provide appropriate care. We've talked about that a lot on the show and, and I think people in general are starting to talk more about
1: that. What, what a cool concept, right? I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm shocked that we are just now talking about this topic on the bridge the gap network. Um, as I'm hearing this and we understand how complex senior living is. And then when you add in, End of life situations and the caregiver burnout. To me, this seems like not an afterthought, but a front thought that needs to be, you know, that needs to be talked about within the industry. And what a help that this could be, um, particularly on the labor force that is struggling so deeply right now. I think that we could all use a visit from the chaplain. Um, I need John to come and talk to my kids, uh, next week here <laughs> to come and help here at my house. Um, so I, I, just, I think that this is a fantastic conversation. I think it's one that needs to be had and what a great way to Care holistically for something that is very complex and very heavy, oftentimes, to bring this extra support. I couldn't be more a fan of this type of service.
2: Well, John, thanks for taking time um, away from actually your care duties uh, and spending time with me and Lucas on this show, um, sharing some insight with our listeners. I know they're going to want to connect with you. And Lucas, we are, we're definitely going to connect with them on our
1: platform. Absolutely. We will make sure that we connect with John and his team. You can go to btgvoice.com, download this episode, read the transcript, connect with us on social, and connect with John as well. Continue the conversation on our LinkedIn page or on Instagram. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap.
2: Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.